So, yeah, as I can't see it, I'm Emma. I've been around this place for a while now, so hopefully you will have seen me before. Um, but yeah. So, in case you're not aware, the date today is the 20th of November. So, what does that mean? We are just over a month away from Christmas. Um, so, all the planning and prep is beginning and the days are starting to get a bit busier. So this is actually a time of year that I love. Um, ask anybody. <laughs> In fact, I um, just want to put up a, a wee photo, some photos. This is just a very small representation of how much I love Christmas. Um, I love the preparation of getting out all the decorations, putting lights up on the outside and the inside of the house. Um, I always love going all out with the decorating. Paul actually calls me a, his Christmas fruit cake. <laughs> Um, and I'm sure that that's because um, I'm slightly nuts when it comes to decorating. Um, my, for me, I plan my Christmas tree colours the year before, the Christmas before. Um, so if you ask me right now, I'm already thinking about next year's Christmas colour scheme. Um, yeah. Every year, Lego come out with a brand new Christmas Lego set, and you can bet that on the 1st of October, I am online waiting for the release um, to purchase my brand new set. My top love language is gifts. I love to think carefully about what to buy for people. I love the thrill of shopping and getting a bargain. I love scouring Pinterest and looking for Christmas recipes to try new sweet treats um, to make for the family. But on the reverse of this, I'm also very aware that for some people, Christmas can be hard. For our children in particular, it's a difficult time of year. It's a time of year where they remember their mum, um, who is no longer here. It's also a memory, it, for them it's also memories of harder times um, from when they were younger, um, where Christmases weren't always happy. So in our family, this creates a bit of a weird dynamic where you have me wanting to make things perfect and sometimes, to be honest, overcompensating um, for our kids' loss. And we have our children who want to celebrate all that is good and magical about Christmas, but feeling guilty um, because they're having to do it without their mum and feeling like they can't be happy. Um, sorry, I've lost my, lost my place. <laughs> so, and then for some, for some other people, it could be a, um, a first Christmas without a loved one. Um, it could be a time of year where you where feel lonely or isolated. For some of us, it feels very much like my T-shirt. I wore this one in particular today. It says, ho, ho, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so for some people, that could be exactly what Christmas feels like for you. There are many things at Christmas that can lead us to feeling this way. You may be feeling lonely. You may be grieving the loss of someone or something. You may be struggling with the financial expectations at this time of year, wanting to buy presents, put food on the table. You could have family tension that you're trying to manage. There's also the stress of getting everything finished before work finishes. I actually remember hearing someone say a long time ago that here in New Zealand we have the double whammy. Um, we've got the added headache of not only going into Christmas break, but having our summer holidays all at the same time, whereas people in the Northern Hemisphere only have to deal with one of these things. So for a lot of families, just the thought of all of this can be too much. And we often try to fumble our way through this time of year and just hope for the best. 
I don't know how many of you read the newsletters that Phil sends out on a weekly basis, but a couple of weeks ago he actually, he actually mentioned already feeling the busyness of the season. Um, and I want to read you out what he actually wrote. He wrote these, this. He said, I want to encourage you today to live, live your life from a place of internal rest in Christ. Let's not allow the busyness of this time of year to disturb the state of our souls, our minds and hearts. Can, sorry, our minds and hearts can very easily get caught up worrying about many different things. But Jesus wants to help us navigate it all from that place of internal rest and security that only he can provide. Sometimes we need to be very intentional about coming back to the place of rest. Sometimes we need to remind our soul to stop freaking out about everything and refocus on God. He also put in here a verse from Psalm 116, verse 7, which says, Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. No matter what else is happening around us, God does not change. He's been good to us in the past, and he's just as good right now as he has ever been. So I told Phil I was going to steal that. <laughs> he was like, you're welcome. <laughs> so as I was, as I was looking at, at this sermon, there, I mean, I was looking at what sorts of things are around to help people. And I know that there's lots of resources out there for people who are struggling financially at Christmas. So today what I actually want to do is I actually want to focus on getting through if we're grieving or feeling lonely. Because I think sometimes those are things that we don't always have the tools to do. Um, so I just wanted to focus on that. When I started writing this message, I typed these words into Google, my best friend. I typed, what is the intent in celebrating Christmas? It might sound like a bit of a, a cheesy question to put into Google. Um, and so I was thinking, I wonder what the general response to this question would actually be. Well, the number one thing that came up was Christmas is celebrated to remember the birth of Jesus Christ. Well doesn't surprise you, does it? It wasn't a surprising result for me. But I think the biggest thing that sort of stuck out for me was that word celebrate. Um, it made me think that the intention of this day is to be a good day, where we are thankful for Jesus and the fact that he was born and that we choose, to, choose this day to mark that. In Luke chapter 2, we, um, we can read the Christmas story, and in verses 13 and 14, it recounts how the angels were celebrating and praising God for the arrival of Jesus, God's Son sent to earth to save us. It says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. So the intention in celebrating this day is for good but we're all very aware that this can be hard when there are dark clouds of loneliness and grief surrounding us. The intersection of grief and loneliness is actually quite a complicated one. Loneliness as a concept is one that I think many of us just assume that we understand. We equate loneliness to that very definable concept of being alone, which means without people. We think of you know, the old spinsters with 10 cats, the misunderstood, sulky teenagers who never leave their bedroom, the socially awkward person who keeps to themselves, and we think that we've got a good idea of what loneliness actually looks like. However, the trouble is, is that loneliness is a very subjective thing. It looks different from one person to the next. So there is actually no way that we can truly know what it actually looks like. 
in the Encyclopedia of Mental Health, loneliness is defined as the subject, uh, sorry, the subjective psychological discomfort that people experience when their network of social relationships is significantly deficient in either quality or quantity. In other words, loneliness occurs when a person's social relationships don't meet their interpersonal needs and desires. Notice how this definition actually says nothing about being physically alone. Instead, it indicates that loneliness is a feeling of discomfort that arises when a person subjectively feels unfulfilled in their social relationships. Loneliness is dependent on what a person needs and desires, and this varies drastically from one person to the next. To the next. Based on this definition, our standard view of what it looks like to be lonely is a little misguided. Individual loneliness is defined by, one, by what one person wants in relation to what they have. You could have a hundred great friends and family around you, but if what you're searching for is an intimate partner, a friend that you can open to, up to, a group of people who truly get you, a family, etc., then this can open you up to feeling lonely. If you're grieving the loss of someone or something, you may feel that this has become the story of your life. Sometimes it's all that we can focus on, the loss and the pain of losing that someone special. People who are grieving can also sometimes, unfortunately, be at a bit of a disadvantage when it comes to that loneliness. Because the person that, they, that is gone, um, sorry, because the person they long for is gone, I've come to understand that loneliness often after the death of a loved one is many things above all else. It can be the ache of having someone, having loved someone so much that, that pieces of, of you became them. And the pieces of them became you. And when they left, they took the pieces that you shared together with them. And now, the, and now you have a life, have to, sorry, have to live a life that may feel incomplete. Some people may also say that they lost one of the few people in the world who actually truly got them. So once our brain starts thinking this way, we can often get into the I'm on my own, so I have to look out for myself, kind of. Then we get into that thinking, and it may, we may start to guard ourselves against others by pushing them away, and as you might accept, this perpetuates those feelings of loneliness. So you, can easily solve, so you can't easily solve loneliness caused by grief, and it can take time, but how do you do this? Well, unfortunately, I can't answer it for every single individual, because for everybody it looks different. But what I guess I can say is that when you're ready to open yourself up to the love of the people around you and the love that God offers us, this can begin to bring some healing. I just want to add in here too that grief, um, like loneliness, is not always what we assume. It's not just the death of a person who is close to us. For me, grief has always been that, not, that ability to not have my own biological children. For others, um, they could be grieving the loss of a relationship, the loss of a dream. Um, there are many things that we can add to this list. So with this knowledge, how do we get prepared? How do we help ourselves get through this time of year and maybe find a little joy? There are five steps that I've come across that may be helpful as we all navigate this time of year. Some of these steps can even be helpful if you're not going through loss or grief or feeling lonely. Number one, be kind to yourself. 
we could liken grief to having major surgery. In this, I mean that if you have major, major surgery, what does it do? It takes time. It takes time to heal from a major surgery. So the same for grief. It takes time. So allow yourself that time to heal. This is not something that happens overnight. So do what it is that you need to do to help yourself this year. It could be leaving the Christmas decorations in the cupboard. It could also be getting another family member to host Christmas Day. But most importantly, allow yourself to just be and feel the feelings. If you need to cry, go ahead and do that. Um, you've also got permission to scream out to God to help with that process of loss and loneliness. In Psalm 61, David did exactly this. In verses 1 and 2, it says, Hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And in John 11, we also read about how even Jesus wept when his friend Lazarus died. Our tears aren't a sign of faithlessness. They're actually a natural and a necessary response to our loss and loneliness. God makes himself available for all of us to go to him any time, even when we are feeling the burden of grief and loss. In Matthew 11 and verse 28 to 30, it says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Number two, adjust your expectations. So anticipate that Christmas might be different to what it has been in the past. But please be proactive with your emotional health. Don't live in fear of your emotions, but take stock of your heart, especially before logging into social media, um, Facebook, etc. Feelings of loneliness have a, have a very interesting way of intensifying um, when we are bombarded by social media posts of what our friends and families um, are apparently doing at Christmas and the apparent grand time that they are all having. Sign off if you need to. If you find yourself in that comforter role this Christmas, keep your words washed in love and extend grace. Whether Uncle John has been gone for seven days, seven months or seven years, your aunt may still miss him. Don't wonder, especially aloud, <laughs> how they can still be sad after all these years. But the words, how you holding up, um, is a typically safe question when talking with someone who's experienced loss. Number three, reach out. Sometimes the best way to lift your, spirit, lift your spirits is by helping someone else. Isolation can often turn our focus inwards. Um, and as I mentioned before, it can easily lead to loneliness. However, instead, something that you can do is volunteer. Do something to serve others. Get yourself out. This could just be with your friends and family, or it could be wider and in the community. It might be that you are someone who is noticing somebody feeling alone, um, somebody who is isolated. Reach out to them and invite them out for a coffee or something. If you're the person feeling alone and wanting to be with somebody for Christmas dinner, ask. Ask if you can join a family member or a friend for dinner. If you're the person asking to go to someone's house, remember it's always nice to help out. 
It's never a bad idea to bring a dish, etc. The gift of time is an amazing thing to help someone feeling who wants to feel loved and valued. In Galatians chapter um, 6, verse 2, it says, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. I feel like I say this quite a lot, um, but we're all designed to live in community, and sometimes this is what it looks like, that reaching out. Number four, say something. So memories linger in your loved one's absence. Remember the funny stories, share them, laugh and cry with your family members and friends as you reminisce, or don't if there aren't good memories or it's just too soon. Consider finding new traditions and ways to focus forward. If you're on the outside looking in, do not feel compelled to change the subject if someone um, who is mourning brings up a good memory about someone who's passed. Instead, operate cautiously and with sensitivity, and above all else, be a good listener. Um, and don't mind the tears. Memories are precious gifts from God, and they are one of the few ways a loved one's legacy lives on. And number five, cling to the promises of God, especially when you don't feel like it. In our recent sermon series on the Holy Spirit, we discussed how Jesus promises us the Holy Spirit to be our comforter. In John 14 verse 18, it says, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Jesus promises not to leave us, but instead care for us and, and for us to be comforted by him. You might feel forgotten by people, but you aren't forgotten by God. God is here. He sees you grieving. He sees you in that lonely space, and he wants to comfort you. I'm just going to ask the worship team if they can pop up. So just some practical things that can help for Christmas. I wonder if we can, um, Dave, if you can put that slide of the Christmas box back up. Um, if you are in need, practically, and you know, finances are difficult. The Christmas box appeal is an awesome thing. So if, you, if you're in need, we've got the con um, Connect cards. Fill one of those out and let us know that you're in need and we can get one of these to you. If you want to help out, please purchase a box, two, three, five, whatever, or just put some money towards it so that we can give these boxes out. It's a very practical thing that we can do for people who are financially in need. The next thing is in a couple of weeks on the 4th of December, um, we've actually got our remembrance service coming up here, um, which is an opportunity for us to remember those special people in our lives who can't be here anymore at Christmas. I wonder if we could all stand. I just want to pray. Father God, you know what is happening for each and every one of us. You see our hearts and can see our needs. Lord, as we head into this Christmas season, pray, Lord, that you will be here with us as our comforter. And Lord, where there are things that are difficult, I thank you, Lord, that you are right there standing with us and helping us.